Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by two members of my firefighting family. I have Rob. Hello. And I have Ash. Hey guys. And everyone else is away. Uh, it's our first episode of our new season and everyone decided to vacate. Kev's still, where is Kev? He's in the States somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, my Montana the other day, now he's in Idaho. Yeah. Right. And Tony was Todd's in Montana. Yeah, I was like, hey, you guys should see each other. You guys know each other, so. Yeah. How big's Montana? Uh, uh. It's like, you guys know that guy from Canada? Oh, yeah, somebody from Canada. Oh, Dave? Dave from Canada, eh? Obviously, it's Dave. Right. <laughs> oh, shoot, eh? <laughs> the hoser? The hoser. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, as you probably all very well know, this episode is probably one week later than it should have been. We had our what? annual episode. <laughs> yeah, right. We had our annual episode we should have released last week, uh, or the week before, actually. Um, but uh, we we had some stuff that we were dealing with. We had a, uh, a wildfire that came in, actually, when we were recording mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. annual episode on the Sunday. And uh, it was it was a... A week-long effort. Um, we had how many was it, Rob? It was over <coughs> nearly two hundred firefighters, thirty-seven pieces of equipment with engines and that was pumpers as well as. I'm not sure on the exact numbers. I think mm-hmm. it was about 160, 180 forestry firefighters. That number probably doesn't include outside communities sending departments as well. So I think we had thirty-six yeah. or thirty-nine. Uh, other communities send additional resources as requested by our um, our forestry mm-hmm. uh, department, and uh, yeah, they sent bumpers or tenders or bush trucks and helped with any structural protection. Um, not that there was a lot, but there was a potential for it. Um, luckily, the potential was huge. Yeah, luckily that was the scary. Luckily, winds and things changed and pushed the fire kind of back the direction it came and. Yeah, some of most of those most of most of those structural guys have been sent back to their communities, and uh, yeah, we appreciate them coming out. Yeah, we had a whole bunch of uh, of guys that came from from good distances to come and help out and help support the community and make sure that everything was good. Um, by by the time I think we had posted our last post on it, it was around three thousand hectares. Mm-hmm. So it went from fifty ish on the day that we were in front of it that that yep. evening and uh, grew to 3,000 in just about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy, crazy insane speed it grew. Uh, luckily, like Rob said, some of the winds changed and uh, with the help of uh, a lot of different crews, especially BC Wildfire, yeah. we uh, and uh, like five helicopters and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we more than five helicopters. Yeah, I think like one, 12 yeah. helicopters yeah. and they had four of the fire boss, the skimmer planes, those were Flying in the air, those things kind of look small, but uh, seeing them at the airport here yeah, in town, next to they're pretty actually impressive. pretty pretty big, pretty cool looking. Um, and I was going to mention, uh, for those of our American listeners that don't use hectares, because I think they use acres down there, that works out to about 
7,400 acres. Oh, geez. So, mm. even for just to convert it for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, lots of heavy That's equipment. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had a whole yeah. bunch of heavy equipment yeah. as well, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what? We uh, we're on the other side of it now. Winds changed. Rain came today and a little bit yesterday. We did have some dry lightning initially, but that did mm-hmm. and that did actually not cause any uh, any spot fires that, that we, we know of. not that we know yeah. of, um, or maybe it just struck the already singed earth. But we the big worry was um, over the past weekend was that we also had a storm front rolling in, which was going to ring high winds, which mm-hmm. was going to blow back towards the structures that were initially um, in danger, and we were worried about ember storms. Mm-hmm. But luckily, that did not occur. Um, and uh, yeah, all the boys and boys and girls were all over it and, and made it happen. And now, like Rob said, most of them have gone home. So yeah. it's good. We're yeah, thankfully, kind of... too, because we had like a couple of 40-degree weather oh, days here. So and, I mean, those guys worked hard through those temperatures. and Yeah, I my hat's off to them for sure. Yeah. We had a five-hour, six-hour stint. The one day, uh, we had a call come in. There was a large bluff, and there was fire up on the top of the bluff with small little shelves on the way down and then a heavily timbered area at the base of it which then has high high density uh, structures mixed in with this timber Um, and half burnt trees were falling down this bluff and spreading to the bottom so we were getting calls like crazy out to the north of us Um, so we were out there and then uh, a little bit further south the same fire the same area um one of our members actually has a, a house and uh, it had jumped over a guard or whatever that that was laid and was moving towards the house and we got a call that this was happening so we as a department <coughs> respond to back up forestry at this point and it was yeah 40 degree day we were there to hold the line so it doesn't jump the next guard and walking back back and forth and dealing with that with uh with, with those uh forestry firefighters was next level i i mean luckily they they had a couple of sprinkler systems working <laughs> and i i would find myself chatting with one of the people back back and forth because there was a nice sprinkler there so <laughs> <laughs> perks perks of being me that day i guess but it was hot it was super hot people were working hard um I mean, the stakes were, were huge. If, if it broke that guard, it was ripping towards a lot. So, yeah. um, stress, it, stressful, hot. Uh, definitely hats off to those men and women. I think one of our big saving things there, at least for us and for forestry, was there was that dirt road there to act as a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, on one of our patrols that night, uh, Kevin and I went for a drive down, down that road uh, to the lake that's mm-hmm. back there. And... Uh, you could see trees that they'd cut and peeled back uh, to make sure that there was no uh, tall timber or anything that could cause that fire to jump. But mm. uh, it's in seeing all of that, it was really interesting because I was on one of the pumpers that went in there, and initially we had pulled out some of our inch and a half preconnect, mm-hmm. and then we got some forestry hose on and some of the uh, water thieves and the mm-hmm. econoline hooked up. And man, was that such an easy job with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why we haven't been doing that for more years already. 
with that type of stuff. Because um, we're like, aggressive structural firefighters. We like to chase the fire. We and do. this, at least this task, was just let the fire burn up to the road, yeah. make sure it doesn't jump, yeah. and just walk the line and mm-hmm. soak it down. I mean, that was probably one of the easiest jobs we ever did. There's been many a time, uh, and Ash said it, there's been many a time where we've chased fires up the mountain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Insanity, when you look at it afterwards. At the time, we think we're doing the right thing, and we're just trying to we're trying to put stuff out. No, man. you gotta just you got to lay a line, figure out where it's going, mm-hmm. and just stay there and let it burn to you. Because no amount of chasing it does really anything. You protect the structures, priority mm-hmm. one. On that call we did, in fact, yeah. it's the call with the bomber coming in on our video mm-hmm. uh, on that on yeah, the yeah. front page, right? On the front page of our Facebook. Yeah. And it's that one where, you know, there was a couple of structures involved. Boys nailed it. They got the structures, saved it. Fantastic. Happy days. Mm-hmm. And then we spent another five, six hours in 38 degree weather chasing this thing up a mountain. Like yeah. I, we, we, and afterwards we looked at it and went, eh, we probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> we didn't need to do that. No. But we did because we kicked into, it's a fire and aggression of the, the our fire tactics says we need to put that fire out. Where, you know, when it comes to wildfire, you need to yeah. just kind of take a step back and just, you know what, no matter chasing this up a mountain <laughs> is helpful right now. There's no structure up there, so we need to be better at looking at that. I think, and I think we are, we, with every call like this that we get, every, every event, we're learning so much more. It, it takes something like what, what Rob just said, just witnessing, watching these guys work side by side with us seeing the way that they do things we are structural firefighters yeah we're we, we do live in a a interface area um but we're not going deep in the bush like we're not wildland firefighters that's not what we, we train to be that's that's not our job um you know i i love that job it is crazy uh but we work near structures that being said when there's not 200 forestry firefighters here and there's a call like that, well, our job is to protect the structure. The easiest way to protect the structure is to remove the forest fire from the forest so it doesn't grow down to a structure. So learning this, I think this is what's great about this uh, podcast, is we sit back and we talk about things that work for us and maybe things that don't work for us. This is clear to show we're learning every day. Mm -hmm. You know, and this was a great learning experience. You know, us with forestry mostly forestry and then a large group of men and women from all over the province um it was a great experience we we learned the time just just by seeing different tactics and training that we can I- implement now um never stop learning yeah it's good yeah Rub- yeah on that too it would really shows that it would have served no purpose to go in and chase that fire no. because we had what one? We had both pumpers and a tender there. Mm-hmm. We had dumped all that water onto that fire with our inch and a half hoses, drained our trucks, and we did accomplish nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just goes to show these forestry guys that work on this year after year, they do know what they're doing when they say just let it burn mm-hmm. up to you and then put it out. Um, obviously, they're doing something with limited water resources um that's so crazy and and being able to put these fires out where 
we'd go in, you dump how many thousands of gallons of water and accomplish nothing, and mm-hmm. we'd look stupid, right? And for three hours, because it's 40 degrees, 100 degree weather, <coughs> to our American listeners, all that water we just dumped is dry, mm-hmm. and now all that fuel's back again. Yeah. So yeah. the easiest way to protect the structure, <clears throat> let it burn the fuel. Yeah. You can't reburn fuel that's burnt. Uh, I mean, something. Yeah. But it's way safer once all that ground load is burned. Well, they're not dumb. Our, <laughs> they kind of haven't figured out. Yeah, <laughs> I think our problem is, is we see fire and we got to go get it. It's mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> it's that now, aggressive That being said, mentality. there have been a couple of times where we've done that and we've stopped massive mm-hmm. wildfires from happening. So, for example, mm-hmm. on the time the time that there was a, there was a vehicle, a uh, guy was smoking a cigarette. He had bales of hay on the back, flicked mm-hmm. the cigarette out the window, and it came back in and landed in the bales of hay. Obviously, we all know what's going to happen now. So we have a truck fire with multiple bales of hay on a road, which is right next to an entire, I can't even tell you how big, a massive, massive area which we call the flat, which is now starting to be, like get on fire and, and just pass Spread. across, right? Mm-hmm. So luckily, we ended up getting ahead of it, pinching it off. Luckily, mm-hmm. again, there was a dirt road break a little bit further out, which managed to stop some of that. But if we'd let that go, if it wasn't for our aggression, mm-hmm. trying to catch that, then that maybe that would have gone worse. Program, right? So it's, it's, I think we just need to start thinking about what we chase, when we chase it, and when they let it go, and know what's on the other side of where we're letting it go to if we yeah. do have to let it go, and what kind of parameters and, and we need to put in to make sure that we're okay. You know what? We know there's a couple of structures down there, so we need to at least direct it this way if we can. It, we just we need better. We need to look at it differently because it is a large portion of our season. Yes, it's a an entire month of shut up and wait. You know, like. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, we need to be in that frame of mind. I think my biggest takeaway from from this has been that um, the forestry hose, that style of hose, um, is effective. And Mm -hmm. for years, we haven't been using it, and we're kind of implementing it the past couple of years a little bit here and there. And now it really is starting to show how effective it can be used Mm -hmm. and not look dinky and stupid right mm-hmm. so on these on these fires so yeah um yeah it's really good yeah we're so default grab the two and a half okay <laughs> now we're gonna break it down the inch and a half yeah so for us to sit back and say okay we're gonna start with the inch and a half and then go down just a mikado line i mean what is that like three quarter inch yeah yeah what's that gonna do it's gonna use so much <laughs> it works so well yeah but it's a break away from our normal mentality that um, again, big big learning curve. And two, not just that, but talking about BC or talking about our uh, forestry, mm-hmm. um, they have they have parked at our training grounds right now three structural protection sprinkler units, mm-hmm. um, big massive trailers with piles of sprinklers and uh, you you name it, they probably got it on there for some sort of structural protection. So these guys are well prepared for exterior protection. Mm-hmm. Um, should it get to an interior fire, obviously they're calling us, but uh, mm-hmm. um, three big, massive semi-trailers of equipment. Yeah. 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 I mean, they know their job. They do. Just like we yeah. know ours. When it comes to internal, obviously you're never going to see those guys going inside. Yeah. But 
when yeah. it comes to those those types of fires, man, those boys were on it. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls were on it. And a lot of the questions have been coming in on the street and on our Facebook page about why aren't we why aren't we out there doing a lot of this stuff or mm-hmm. uh, why is it just the the forestry guys working the fire uh, and people have to realize that when it is in that forested area it's up in the mountains in steep terrain there's nothing as us as structural firefighters can even do mm-hmm. so we just got to rely on on forestry and if it does come into our area our protection mm-hmm. area that we're going to be out there doing something yeah it's it's really tough you know it, I don't want to say it's disheartening when you see these men and women out there kicking ass because it, it's it's not it, it feels great because you know you're you're proud to work alongside, um, but you really want to be out there more. That's kind of mm. your 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 calling is to be out be, be able to be out there with them. So you have people asking like why aren't why aren't you out there? Why aren't you doing like why? Not like they're talking down, like, why aren't you doing more? But, you know, you're driving around town while everybody's working hard. Sucks. But the flip side of that is we got multiple calls almost every day within our town. Mm -hmm. So if we're out there hiking around with the forestry guys, which we want to be, but also who's going to be running these calls? That's what it comes down to. You know, it's we're here to protect our town and everything around it and that's their job is to go up there and do that and they're really good at it if we were up there and you had a hundred forestry firefighters here and a motor vehicle incident well they're gonna be like oh that looks bad i don't know what to do right sure we kind of know what to do up there but they really don't know what to do here Uh so professionals there professionals here we assist each other but kind of to each their own and like rob kind of said if a fire came up to a structure and you know if it jumped a guard and maybe they didn't have them evac'd even the people that were brought in to do structural protection and like there were engines and tenders like it was full full on departments they can't go in so that's we need to be able to be mobile Hmm. to go and do that so uh, i took a lot of comfort knowing that you know, when things went, if, not when, if things went wrong, that's that would be our time to quote-unquote shine. You know, come in there and do our best doing the job that we train to do every day. Well, I think, because the, the response to that is, unfortunately, as much as we wanted to be up in those hills, like you were saying, who if a structure did ignite, and there were still embers coming off those hills. There were still trees falling down, especially towards those areas. Mm-hmm. If a fire starts closer down the hill now, who's going to hit that? Mm-hmm. Who's going to deal with that? When the winds came and the embers start flying, who's going to deal with those ignitions? That was our job. Yeah. Our yeah. job was to protect the town and make sure the people were safe, deal with anything that was below that line that was within our boundaries. Because if we've now got engines halfway up a hill... Mm-hmm that is fighting something that is so far away now from the actual town itself. What happens when a structure now catches and we've got all of our equipment halfway up a mountain? Mm -hmm. And the problem is, again, because we're all so aggressive, we want to go and do that. So the frustration level rises, why can't we just be up there? But the reality of the situation is 
because be up there. yeah, because if something happens down here and we're up there, <laughs> yeah. then that thing is done. Like our average response time is about three to five minutes by the time mm. we're like cold in the trucks and on scene. So if that's the case, then within that kind of three to five minute range that we've hit the hole, well now we've got to try and respond from halfway up a mountain, and we've got to get to scene. So the likelihood that we can actually do something after that, especially everyone knows now how quick things burn because mm-hmm. of the, the, the way structures and everything's built now, we wouldn't have a chance. Yeah. We wouldn't have a chance. And especially the areas that were in threat, in danger, in wooded areas, clumped together, like Ash said, like, which is why instead we chose to run patrols. Mm-hmm. So we had guys out every night in the vehicles, running patrols, checking for spot fires, making sure the public were safe and mm-hmm. doing what we could uh, down the hill. But it also did spur on a conversation of maybe we need to start talking about a vehicle that we can send to help these kind of people out mm-hmm. in different areas when these things go on. Because we had a whole bunch of people that were ready, willing and waiting to go and do these things. And uh, you can make some really serious, serious money for sending equipment and guys down to try and deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a possibility that it's something we can do. Get more money for the department so we can buy bigger and better toys Mm -hmm. to help better protect the time. That's right. I think that brings up to a good reason why we have uh, mutual aid agreements as well. Um, Because of uh, the call. When we got called out on the Wednesday to go and help forestry with that that one fire uh, where we were. Um, we actually had no apparatus to serve the town, mm-hmm. which was good that we got one of the local nearby communities to send a truck at least stand by at our hall <clears throat> yeah. and and wait in case there was something. At least that, that way there's some level of protection provided for the community. So um, it goes to show why our mutual aid agreements work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think uh, this goes back to... Uh, I know Nick from uh, the Brotherhood Academy there was was confused once when I was talking to him about like our our wooded area, the forestry, and the whole mutual aid because they've they've got in the very next county which is very close, and uh, they've got all these mutual aid agreements going on, um, and like why, why wouldn't you be helping with the forestry there? Why wouldn't this be happening? So this falls right into their wheelhouse of the the whole mutual aid thing uh i know they were just running a call the other day where where they got called in uh to be water supply for a neighboring county which uh worked out great i saw some photos everything looked looked like it ran smoothly so this is more and i think it's gonna be something that we see a lot more often moving forward to um really leaning on that mutual aid Mm -hmm. um brings us back to that regional writ um i think which uh this is all going to spark. Um, I mean, up at that trailer fire, we weren't about to go inside that trailer. Well, let's say that was an actual home. Um, with people inside. With people inside. Mm-hmm. Even up on the, the trouble house. Right. We had members going in inside and we put a RIP team together, but that was a challenge. You know, we had it done. It was within time. But summertime, middle of the night, it was, I'm robbing people from, I don't know how many trucks 
to put a RIT team together. Sure. You know, so if we had that that you know, regional <clears throat> RIT or a mutual aid for something like that, that would be a bit of time to consider, hey, maybe we can activate something there. Because everybody was on scene. Everybody was working. Everybody had a job to do. But we still needed to have those guys ready. So it was, uh, we put it together, it worked. But having completely fresh people might not have been the worst thing either. So that regional writ thing, it, the conversation I have with somebody who, in the States who, uh, who they do that. They mm-hmm. have a group of guys, there's another group of guys that do a regional writ thing. And I asked him, I was like, so how, how does it work for you? Does it work well? And he's like, well, yes and no. Yes, we have people that are dedicated to come to scene when we have a structure fire. Unfortunately, we now need to look at how far they are away mm-hmm. and how long they're going to take to come. So if they are responding, how many people do they have? So we need to know a lot more information before yeah. we can go internal. And maybe the opportunity to go internal was a very, very small window mm-hmm. before you can get to the opportunity again, right? Mm-hmm. Because now the structure, the fire's moved, you didn't get inside quick enough, and now you've got a problem. With us, I think because we have that RIT team and that mentality built into us now, mm-hmm. yes, that was a difficult one, especially because of the amount of people that were there. Yeah. Um, it was difficult. But because of the mentality we have of we are going inside if we if we can and when we can to deal with what we have to to make mm-hmm. sure we knock it down quick. So RIT is ten, tends to be one of the first things on mine. The tarp comes out, the tools come out. We've normally got a couple of freshies hanging around. Yeah. Um, just doing some exterior stuff and wandering and making sure that everything's going on, mm-hmm. as we've discussed before. If we had a situation where we had to wait for one of our neighboring departments to get here, yeah, I think we'd have a problem because they're they're twenty minutes mm-hmm. out either side. I don't think we can wait. No. Nope. That's it. Like you can't wait. But even on a call like like that one, up at that problem house, if we knew that they're coming. I could have utilized, or we, I, we could have utilized those those people that I had already put in place for that that RIT team, and then freed them back up once the fresh bodies came. Because, I mean, RIT, you want to have them as fresh as possible. But when there's three trucks arriving, jobs to do, everybody jumps off and they're ready to go. So we don't have a designated, all right, you, 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 you do all these things while you, you, you are now rid. You get off, you get your task, and then, okay, plans change. We're going internal. So now you're picking and choosing fresh people, and that's, uh, air quote, fresh people, because they've all been doing work, but now you got to pull them aside and get them to sit there. So they still have tasks that they could be doing, and there's some small stuff that we allow them to do on the outside because the written doesn't have to be, and never should be, idle. They should always be moving around, just not working hard. So to free them back up to go fight fire in 20 minutes once these guys come on. Because even though the fire was out, we had guys inside for quite some time. And when I say the fire was out, the fire was in a safe state. We were inside. The threat of it getting worse was gone. But, I mean, we were still doing that for quite some some time. So the opportunity there was there to have guys, uh, you know, coming from a, a neighboring area. Yeah. I, I, yeah, there's, there's good and there's, there's bad. There's pros and cons. I 
I think having it there is an yeah. asset anyway. We can't wait, though. No, that's the thing. You have right? to operate like you're in the RIT team. You, you have to put yours together first. Yeah. And then go from there. Yeah. I think as well, like, I was wondering this the other day, because normally we get two guys on a tender. Once that, once that bladder's set up, mm-hmm. we don't need two guys on a tender anymore. And that's exactly what was yeah. happening there. Right? We do not need two people on mm-hmm. a tender anymore. So there's two guys, potentially, that can be pulled into whatever operations need mm-hmm. to be. Uh, yes, when it comes to cleanup, they go back with that truck because that's yeah. the way we do things ultimately because there's, you know, we need to be safe with seats and things like that on the way home. But once two once two people are done setting up that tank and mm-hmm. making sure that everything's in situ, one guy can go and fill a tender and mm-hmm. one guy can dump water back out. There doesn't need to be two on a truck anymore. Yeah. So maybe we need to look at that a little bit too. And once that tender comes back, that guy can still go help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's, he's not... Again, it's not working. He's, nope. he's, he's standing he's by the red tarp, ready yeah. to roll, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds like there's there's still conversations we need to have and some logistics of planning that Absolutely. we still need to 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 look at to see if we can mm-hmm. make it work and obviously talk with our neighboring communities too. Um, yeah, as far as that two guys on a tender, that recent structure fire we had up the hillside there, uh, I ended up driving the tender and actually ended up with my brother on the truck. And we dumped the tank we filled it up we got hooked up with the uh the suction on the onto the pumper and and we took off again for another load got back and then kicked him off the truck to go pack up or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah definitely one guy can easily run that tender once you're no established yeah. yeah you're one guy can do it yeah, yeah. it's more of a a mode of transportation to get another guy there because mm-hmm. we do have SCBAs on our tender Absolutely. Um, for our driver or for spares if we need mm-hmm. them as well so yeah, um, yeah. totally agree mm-hmm. uh, we we were going to talk about something completely mm-hmm. different but that, we got sidetracked that's okay weird it's okay how, mm-hmm. how does that happen strange, how are you? Uh, Ash, you were, you did have a little bit of news, and I <laughs> yeah. know it's kind of in the middle of it, but we did want to use it as a segue into some mm-hmm. other stuff we wanted to discuss. Yeah, so I, I because we've completely gone sideways. Yeah, we did. Go I've exited space. away from my information, so um, it's been cycling everywhere on on the internet there, and it's uh, it's a sad deal, and <laughs> you know I I think we all need to check ourselves. And really think about the implications here, right? Um, two firefighters were responding in separate vehicles to a fire call. Um, one of them was under the influence, causing an accident and killing a fellow firefighter in a different vehicle. Um, the one firefighter who was intoxicated uh, received six years in jail uh, for... Uh, vehicular manslaughter that's it's crazy 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 super sad um i mean the story reads on there's there's a a lot more to it but at the end of the day somebody was responding drunk or drunk enough um i'm sure it was the quick oh i'm fine i've only had a few um but something happened ended up causing an accident and sadly another firefighter lost their life um just don't don't do it um you know you you want to be here so bad all you want to do is help and we've we've talked about that many times you're only 
you're hurting everything when you respond and then you cause another scene um you know speeding to the hall you're you're not really helping everybody wants to make that first track but blowing stop signs speeding um i mean there's eyes and ears looking at you everywhere that's that's it's not good for you it's not good for the for the department it's not good for the town it's just a bad image and um this is the the extreme end of it but you know this this guy i'm sure he was just trying to do the right thing he just wanted to go help it's, it's in his blood he wants to go out but he had a couple of beers or a couple of drinks whatever it was and ended up taking out a fellow firefighter and the other one lost their life and now there's they're trying to split their crew to go deal with two two different incidents so you know our thoughts and prayers go out and mm-hmm. we uh you know super super sad we kind of have to check ourselves. We're not helping when we're causing another scene. I think we as a department say that to our guys quite a bit every practice night to make sure that if you've had any, don't mm-hmm. come to a call. Yeah. There's always going to be another fire call. Mm-hmm. So you miss one because you've had a couple of drinks. Yeah. Um, better you stay home and avoid a situation like this. That's right. Um yeah, we try to make sure that our guys are taken care of. We try to make, not drill it into our guys, but make sure that we say it enough to everybody to try and get that point across that if mm-hmm. you've had a couple of a drink, stay at home. Yeah. I fully admit to having a few at home. I'm maybe laying down or I'm doing something else and that pager goes off. I've caught myself out, out the door. You know, that, that adrenaline kicks in and like you feel fine. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I can't respond right now. But I had keys in my hand and I was out the door. And in the moment, you're just going to autopilot because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. The pager goes off and you grab stuff and you go. If I'm having some drinks at home, I will turn off my pager knowing that I'm not going to respond. Uh, so I don't get that auto you know, response of flying out the door it's going to come across my phone and at that point if i don't hear it i don't get that that beep, 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 oh, and now i now it's go time that adrenaline you know i'll like oh hey looks like we have a call i'll walk over turn on the pager listen to it i've said to a lot of people too if we're having a larger event if you've had a few like don't come down intoxicated where you're like you know a babbling idiot but if you've had a couple of drinks and you can get to the hall via a ride or a walk, and if you want to make sandwiches, if you you know if you want to help wash hose at the end, like the guys and gals are coming back beat. I might even have three or four beers and you're washing hose later, right? You're still here to help. But if you're hammered, don't even come around. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't drive. Don't 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 be here, <laughs> right? You know, if, if you've had a, cu- a couple beers and you're still, quote-unquote, fine, you can come and lend support in a non-firefighting role with a safe ride or a walk. Like, we've got a member that lives right down the way. And he, he said to me once, he's like, man, I, I just had a strong whiskey or a rum or something. He says, you know, like, I, I smelled like booze. I could feel a good buzz going. But, like, I was fine. Like, he's like, yeah, I was you know, messing around the house, we're still making dinner. Like, I was good. I really wanted to be there. I'm like, man, walk down. 
don't write out a slip. Like, don't get paid for your job because you're drunk. You're not drunk, but you're under the yeah. influence. You would blow over. You can be a... any little bit of a hand on a very, very back shelf mm. roll. Mm-hmm. But don't think about, you know, responding. Don't think about driving. Don't think about being a firefighter. At yeah. that point, you're just somebody, you, you have know, to. You have to be careful with how involved they get, too, especially at the they, hall. They can't catch emergency things, if a, right? If a member of the public comes by, mm. if any emergency official or police comes by, yeah. and they think that they got themselves there, uh, or... Especially now with the Especially rules. now with the mm-hmm. laws. That's right. They think they can charge like, you. It's so almost a liability thing. Really, we, we have to be more and more careful, especially mm-hmm. as emergency responders emergency officials however you want to call it um as to how we are responding or how we are conducting ourselves if Mm -hmm. we've been under the influence yeah better like we we've already said it better to stay at home yeah and there's also there's always going to be another call there's always another one for sure yeah yeah it's Mm -hmm. one of those things yeah. It's one of those things. And I'm sure departments deal with it yeah. often. Maybe they've got a few people that are, you know, consistently arriving that way. Conversations just need to be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it needs to be brought up and it needs to get discussed. Or it needs to get shut down. Because ultimately, the other side of this is if you've got somebody who's consistently turning up on a Tuesday afternoon or a Tuesday evening or whatever... That is absolutely hammered pretty much every time. A little glossy eyed, right? Then maybe there's another conversation that needs to occur. Mm -hmm. How many times? Yeah. You know, what if it's what if it's a a crutch that they're leaning on in order to hide the other side of the dirty coin, right? That's That's right. And I don't want to use the terms of PTSD, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's the maybe they're doing it to to kind of self weight, self counter, right? Maybe it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How many times have we been to those calls, a yeah, motor vehicle incident where we're like, that guy never should have been on the road. And we got to keep that in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. If we're at that same state, we should yeah, never be on the we road. We shouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. And you know, it's, it's the old saying where, you know, you have two beer, well, back in the day two beer that's just two beer with the boys right you can do anything well there's some truth to that but there's also some truth to there was a lot of stuff that went down back in the day it wasn't safe it wasn't good either so some of that old old boys club you know you get that mentality you got to kind of watch that as well and it's not a we we kind of make make fun in today's day and age of how i don't want to say how soft things are going but there's there's a big shift and um there's also this big shift for a reason though like people going back to this people are dying and that's completely avoidable so you can joke around about how things are changing and how back in the day it used to be so much better or whatever but something like like this it's got to be black and white if, if you had some drinks you're not a firefighter today there needs to be a discussion as well about uh, and if you've so if you've hurt yourself, for example, say mm-hmm. like when I pulled my shoulder, I knew that if we got a call, I could not go internal because now what if I'm back up and I now need to carry out there's a there's a writ situation mm-hmm. right 
Right. Medical emergency, guy in front of me goes down. I need to be able to deal with that, and now I can't do anything because I know my shoulder's bust. So mm. there's no way that I can deal with anything there, right? Like, I can't do what I should be able to do. Yeah. So I shouldn't be putting myself in that position. I shouldn't be putting the other person I'm with in that position. Mm. So your own medical state should be something that you should be aware of, too. If you've, you know, you've got a, a bum elbow, let's yeah. say, you know, or some other issue, right? You know? Like, uh, you should not be going inside of buildings where you will be the person who is now going to be the one relied upon to save your brother or sister in that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you're a danger to them and you're a danger to yourself. Yep. You know? So you need to be very cautious of that as well. Um, because the liability of that can mm-hmm. can definitely, it can, it can cause some situations. Yeah. Right? And there's many different factors to liability. We're dropping the L-bomb here a lot, and that's that's kind of the, the shift that we were looking to go with here. Um, way, to, way to just ease onto the segue there, huh? Right. <laughs> but uh, there's many different ways to look at liability. So being a, li- being a liability uh, to your brothers and sisters when you're injured, I mean, that that's being a liability, or covering your ass so you don't get sued or so you know things don't happen because of your actions is a different way of looking at a liability like a liability can be harm that you're causing to yourself or to your brothers or sisters but it can also be um like secondhand liability if you will um you know what what are your actions um even on seeing when you're doing everything right in your eyes you know all you're trying to do is help but there's still liabilities out there, medical calls. You know, you're trying to do as best as you can. You're trying to help this this patient. Um, we are not first responders, but maybe we're doing things out of the scope of our our training. Which, for example, we'll just talk about it quick. We had a a call the other day. Um, a larger gentleman had fallen. He when we were when we got there. Um, I had words with him quickly. He was in, uh, he was completely coherent. He was talking to me. He explained what had happened. And visibly, he was fine. But at some point, he had lost consciousness, had fallen down, wasn't visibly injured, but something happened where he lost consciousness. So for us to just pick him up, put him back on his couch where he was going to be fine... I mean, there's a huge liability there, and I think that's that's the direction that we're we're going more and more in, um, because we have to. So what what happens if later on, yeah, there was, um, maybe there was some head trauma, maybe there was, I have no idea, but maybe there is dot dot dot. What? Why was the fire the fire uh, you know department there? they were helping him and the next thing you know they cleared him that he was fine and he's gone well we didn't really clear him he was fine we just put him back on the couch yeah you gotta have professionals come so for us we wait for the paramedics to come we can help we can be there we can make sure that he's as comfortable as possible but we don't move touch or clear until a professional comes and advises and that's the liability factor of it and that's the direction that we're going and we kind of have to yeah just going back to to carl's comment about the shoulder injury any other type of injury 
I mean, here in Canada, we've got workers' compensation. Um, there are more and more fire scenes that um, that they have officials that are showing up on scenes to make ev sure everything is going work safe mm. um, by the book. And we really do have to be careful. We haven't had anything show up, but on scene, but there could be. Mm -hmm. And let's say Carl has a shoulder injury and he's at a fire call and he's got a doctor's note that he's not supposed to do any heavy lifting or any type of work. And here he is on a fire scene, putting mm -hmm. himself into that situation. Um, there's that type of liability that could potentially not only open mm -hmm. himself up to, but us as a department as well. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you know about that injury? Why did you put him into that position? Yeah. You know, so there's there's those types of things that have to be, you know, you might have a slight injury, but if you're doing more and more work, it could be getting worse and worse and worse, mm -hmm. and you're not saying anything, and you're not only hurting yourself, you're putting yourself into a potentially dangerous situation, like you said, if you're having to be a frontline interior guy then nobody can rely on you because of that injury. You may not be able to fully do that job. So yeah. there's that liability issue as well. Completely agree. Mm. <clears throat> Completely agree. And that's tough because nobody can police that but yourself. Yeah, that's where the... Because then it, it lays on your shoulders every mm -hmm. time, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. you need to make that call. So let's say, let's say you've got three people that are, you know, part injured and they say something great no mm -hmm. problem now we know we get a structure fire mm -hmm. this week we need to call mutual aid as soon as yeah. we're at the gate hey dispatch if we get this make mm -hmm. sure that you call mutual aid mm -hmm. on this call inform the other department it's not a problem no. it just needs to be brought up because mm -hmm. if it's a if it's a problem if it turns into a problem it's going to turn into a problem on the scene mm -hmm. and that's a bigger issue because now yeah. we've got people that are hurt they can't do the job to the full capabilities and yep. either half whatever you know half of half the capabilities of what they would have been if they were at full that can be problematic pretty quickly and one of our guys knows about that i mean kev who's not here mm -hmm. he went through the downward spiral mm -hmm. with his back where he was only doing certain things and then he ended up not responding at all and he was full disclosure right off the hop basically so it, it was good. He, what, as, as soon as there was an issue, he started to say, hey, you know, guys, like, the back doesn't feel right. You know, I'll maybe stick to driving for a while. And that was fine because he could hop up and down. He's doing everything. But he knew he probably couldn't self-rescue or rescue another firefighter. Mm -hmm. So he took himself off the front line. And, you know, okay, he's going to be a, a driver and a pump op operator for a bit. Great. And then his... His situation got worse and worse to the point where we had to go rescue him off off of his floor. It was really bad. Like, man, like, I don't know if old Kev's yeah. going to be okay ever again. Like, it was scary. And then he got some help that he needed, and they figured out what the issue was, and it got better. And next thing you know, he starts coming around a bit more, and, you know, he's slowly working himself back in. Okay, he's coming to practice, and now he's, he's still kind of secondary, but he's working himself back in okay now he's cleared for like duties okay he's back driving the truck again okay but he, he wasn't hopping on first truck he was holding, holding back maybe right 
And then finally, he brought the note in stating, yes, I'm clear for full activity. And that was a great day. But that was, I mean, I thank him for doing it that, mm-hmm. that way because he didn't have to say anything. No. Right? And so it was full disclosure right off the hop. And, I mean, that's kind of where we're going with this. Yeah. Like, you need to be that that way. It's you're you're hurting yourself, but you're also covering your own ass. So if something were to happen, there's a liability for you. So if there's an underlying issue that you didn't say something, and then all of a sudden Carl dies because I can't save you, and they're like, oh, well, show us here. You've been battling this injury for X amount of time. Well, hey, Ash, you're getting sued. So back to the liability factor. So the onus is on you to say something, but it's also there's big liability there. Yep. And, and good on Kev, too, like we've said before about taking ownership. Mm-hmm. He took ownership, made sure that we were advised, or the administration, the mm-hmm. fire chief, everybody was advised of his injury mm-hmm. and saying, hey, look, I can't do this job right now yeah. until I get better. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so there, I mean, there are guys that will not say anything, and there are guys that will say stuff. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, I want to keep doing this job. I don't want to miss this and that. Yeah. Uh, comes down to there will be more calls, right? Yeah. Um, We're all a proud, proud yeah. group, right? So, there is a personality oh, yeah. thing that tailors yeah. with that too, right? And again, you get that in every fire hall. You get the alphas, the 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 mm-hmm. you know the the big meat eaters and the the ones that just <laughs> want to keep beating their chest and oh, I'm fine, yeah. I'm fine. Nothing's gonna take me down. But the problem is with that mentality, if you can't admit to yourself and to others that you could potentially be a problem on scene due to those factors, physical or whatever, then you're a liability to everyone. The other side of that too is, and I'm I'm thinking about this in in the terms of teams. So now let's say we've got a situation where we're sending guys inside. Well, can you send a guy that weighs 300 pounds in with a guy that weighs 120 because what if the situation occurs where that person does go down and now we've got a writ situation, could be very easily saved. So let's say we put you know our smallest guy in with one of our biggest dudes <laughs> on a nozzle inside of a building. Mm-hmm. When that shit hits the fan, we got some problems. One way is working out just great because the big guy's just carrying the yeah. little one out over his shoulder and we've got no problems. Earl's tossing Dane. Earl's tossing yeah, right. Dane and we're good. However... Is Dane going to package and move Earl? Like, that's your worry, right? So, and I, I don't think fully... in situ- And honestly, we've got a very... We've got a very tight group of guys. We know what people tend to be going inside anyway when we're making those calls, but that's something to think about too. Mm. Like... And this is something to think about before you even send people in the building. Like, okay, who do I have? Who's comfortable? And can they support each other Mm -hmm. in a situation that potentially goes south? Mm -hmm. Because if it does, can this guy move that guy? And can that guy move this guy? It's that situational awareness that comes down to what's happening over here. But what's my situation with my manpower? It's ever-changing. Well, as an officer Mm -hmm. now making those sorts of decisions and calls obviously lays on your mm-hmm. shoulders and, and having that viewpoint your 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 total kind of your, your compass has to change that's right you know your, your focal point your north is different at every moment and you need to make sure that all of that is in mm-hmm. in your view at all times because when situations change yeah. 
and they do and we all know it's very dynamic on the ground we need to make sure that we're all watching everything but sometimes when you are the focal point guy and you are doing a task which is why we've now removed certain aspects and certain jobs for our nozzle man for our backup yeah. guy there's specific points that you are dealing with at that time yes you are trying to be completely aware of everything but you are very still focused on what's going on you don't have the opportunity to detach that's what the officer right. now going in with you is for right. so you just need to be aware of that too mm -hmm. right yeah not for sure yeah uh boys i think we're gonna call it a night it's been a big uh big conversation it's been a long week <laughs> yeah i think most. it was a crazy week um i think we sat down tonight with uh with a bit of a vision <laughs> we never really got there no we didn't well i mean i mean we got sort of yeah we got sidetracked to the beginning but <laughs> like for 40 minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of how how she goes and i think yeah sometimes it's our better our better podcast sometimes yeah sometimes you need to have those nights kind of call them their stitching bitch nights where you just, <laughs> whatever comes up comes up I sometimes agree. you just have to go unplanned i agree mm -hmm. i think uh Last last week's episode, or that Sunday that we got called, man, I was really listening to it, and just me personally, I was off. Mm. I was totally off, and uh, hearing myself back on some of the some of the things I was saying, the slowness in which I was bringing things up, like you could tell I was mentally fried from the week. <laughs> it's just like, Brr. but uh, and it just got better. <laughs> <laughs> it did, it completely mm. did. Um, yeah, after the call, I felt the adrenaline kind of rush a little bit again, and I felt a little bit back on, on back board. On so we could end it better, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, that start was it was hard work last week, yeah. just for me, I think. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, we got a lot more to a lot more good stuff to come. This is our first episode of our new season-esque, season I guess. Two -ish. New season Season two-ish. Yeah. I mean, we're calling it 53, but mm -hmm. yeah, it might be 54 if I end up tagging the other stuff. We're going to do a bonus episode of some of the best bits of our podcast that we enjoyed, mm -hmm. um, either from each other or from ourselves, pieces of information that we liked um, in different episodes. Yeah. Um, we're going to we're gonna try throwing together in kind of a bit of a montage, I right. guess you well, could I'd say. Like Everyone loves a good montage. <laughs> There's a song about that, isn't Is there? It's from Team America. Oh? <laughs> I don't yeah. think I've heard that one. <laughs> what? No? No. no. Oh, man, really? Yeah, I don't think oh, I've It's great. Yeah. Team America. It's a... Uh, I think it's like a clay, claymation. Oh, no, it's the puppets. It's the puppets. It's the puppets. Yeah, it's the puppets. Gary, there's a time in your life where you got to... Suck a man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's from Team America. I shit you not. Oh, yeah. Man, I should have ended this five minutes sooner. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. No, all good. The, uh, so we, we've we got a bunch of different bits and pieces that are going to be sent to us. Um, we have some of those... Uh, what are they called? The balls. Uh, the fire fireballs. Ones. Uh, yeah, fireballs. what are they called? Oh. Those fire extinguisher balls? Yeah, the fire extinguisher ball things. Anyways, uh, we are going to be getting sent some of those. Mm -hmm. So expect some videos coming out of that. So we're going to test those out in the Burren building. Um, we're also probably going to be doing, uh, I think we were doing a sprinkler demo, which we're going to end we up are. recording. Have you been um, downstairs yet? Negative. Walk out that way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, both of the buildings are, or the rooms, they're done. are constructed. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Awesome. So we've... Uh, 
couple of our guys have built a uh, a building area with two rooms um, and we're going to fill them both up and show what sprinklers can do so we're going to set fire to them both and uh, show what what actual sprinklers could actually achieve uh, and as part of that we're actually thinking that maybe we'll use one of the little ball things as a demo inside of one of those mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah we've got uh, we've got a gentleman who's going to be sending us and demoing for us a forestry sprinkler very expensive one that he's going to be uh, um, donating to our fire department when he does get a chance because obviously it is wildfire season right now mm-hmm. yeah. and so uh, he is very busy but when he gets an opportunity he is going to be around uh, to demo and uh, showcase what he has so uh, as part of that I know that he said he's going to be handing one over so, and uh, we've also had a conversation with uh, a group called Associate Fire and uh, they are going to be donating a whole bunch of fun product for us to test and break we've already made the stipulation that it probably won't be coming back in one piece and they're very <laughs> happy with that so uh, they basically said just you know, test it to failure, which is what mm-hmm. we like to do with our stuff. Make sure we yep. can we can use and abuse until it it does the job or doesn't do the job. So mm-hmm. they're very happy with us doing that too. So expect to hear more and see more from that. We have a whole bunch of video that is planned. Of course, with the weather the way it is, we are not be, we are not live burning right now. We won't be doing that until probably the end of September. But when that starts, expect to see a lot more of our training content coming through next week. I think what I would like to discuss, or maybe just after, is we are, Scott mentioned it last week actually, we are going to be doing tests in every September where we have our guys go through um, set stations Mm -hmm. and prove that they can do the tasks of which we have trained for. So, you know, forcible entry, throwing a ladder, SCBA on and off and what you need Mm -hmm. to do for, you know, your packs, etc. and your masks and um, Ash, you might want to be able to. Is it all oh, knots? knots? Yeah, knots and lots and knots. Ropes and knots. Yeah, so weird. So yeah. we we do a lot of um, internal training. We do a lot of internal. I don't want to say certificates because we don't no do certs. that. Our but training officers have certs. Exactly. So and they're the ones that need them. Absolutely. So, once you take your 1001, that's like your stamp of approval, and then you're off to go be a firefighter. So, we're taking that kind of the one step further. Scott's implemented a few years ago, um, where annually we'll take our firefighter test, if you will, and it was a written test of all of the things that you should have in your mind to do the base job. This isn't, none of this is next level training this is all the base job just to make sure that your back to basics information is embedded in your mind so now we're taking on another step where we're going to do the basics of training and it's going to be a station of you need to get into the truck put it in drive drive to the hydrant hit a hydrant flow water make the truck pump blah 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 so that is your one station and it's not going to be something everything else that we do it's not a pass fail we will make sure that you pass we will train with you until you pass this will be a this is your job do it and it's pass fail no no instruction however if you fail it's not like you're off the department we will then 
take you aside, see what we need to do, give you the tools that maybe you missed, allow you to retest, pass fail, perfect you passed, now you you move on. And there's gonna be a bunch a bunch of stations. You have your ropes where you're gonna have um, X amount of ropes that you, you, you need to, or not, sorry, that you need to be able to tie out, out on the fire ground. It's not gonna be 30, it's gonna be like four. Yeah. Um, your it's your PBE gone off in an X amount of time, um, on to breathing air, and I think I think we're gonna do it in the back of a truck. Like it's the full, the gear on. Get in the truck, get your air pack, get off the truck, show that you're breathing air. Nothing crazy. It's gonna be a very attainable time, but a time. Throwing a ladder, throwing a roof ladder, knowing how to set set hooks, knowing how to throw a two person. Uh, throw for an extension ladder, um, inch and a half, two and a half hose handling. Um, man, what am I all forgetting? There's 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 a bunch of uh, PPV. Yeah, exactly. Knowing knowing how to run a fan. Yeah, the fan stuff. Yeah. You know, simple stuff, right? Forcible yeah. entry. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just gonna be a quick couple minute per <clears> session. <throat> it's gonna be groups of three, like a truck team basically, yeah. and you can assist each other. Um, to a certain extent some is just a single person you do it or you don't but uh, like the forcible entry is probably going to be a multiple person thing and you you have to have your your nozzle person you, you have to have the person that's doing the work so um treat it as a three-person team and everybody's going to cycle through and it's going to be a yes or a no and if you like you know like i say if you don't have it we can revisit as a group these are the people that need to brush up on this great we'll go and do that and then you can come back and retest on on that we want everybody to pass but it's not just about passing it's about finding it's about the knowledge. holes yeah find yeah. the holes that need to be filled mm-hmm. way out and just make sure that you know hey you know what these guys maybe they missed a training night yeah i mean it's not like we haven't gone through these things a few times but maybe yeah. they missed a couple of nights and those those two were yeah. you know forcible entry and they're not that keen on tools maybe that's mm-hmm. not the job they normally fill maybe that's maybe they normally drive the truck maybe mm-hmm. they don't you know, and we want everyone to make sure that they've got a basic understanding because yeah. as we train and as we do things, mm-hmm. having those the mindset of you look at a situation, I know they're missing somebody in that situation, I can fill that hole. Yeah. And having somebody who can do that, having people that can just constantly look at a scene and just yeah. say, hey, this isn't happening, I can do it, and they just go do it without having to, hey, do you mind if I, oh, this is, uh, I should probably can i or mm-hmm. hey chief you got something for me to do no there's something for you to do you see that it needs to be done get in there and do it and if you've got the skill sets that are well-rounded enough to see yeah. that you're going to do it every time mm-hmm. i think it has to do with the training matrix that we have that nobody gets missed and that we make sure everybody for our interior exterior level of stuff mm-hmm. is where they need to be that way if we did miss somebody for ropes or forcible entry yeah take them aside show them the skill get mm-hmm. them to do the scale and say check good yeah and and move mm-hmm. on to make sure everybody's up to snuff comes back to that liability thing yeah. this is us being able to say hey we tested annually our membership and this is all of the qualifications that they meet you know you might be certified but you're qualified <laughs> right a certification doesn't mean you can go do it Scott's yeah. line still. I had somebody message me about the the, the two dollar. You can still pay. Uh, 
Even two dollar yeah. liquors get paid. <laughs> yeah, and, and this isn't a dig against paid guys. It just means that hey, you know what? You got a piece of paper with your name on it. Sure, I do too. There's a hundred, hundreds and thousands of people that have driver's licenses these days. But show me ten of them that can drive properly. Like it doesn't mean anything unless mm. you can do the skill. And this is our way of testing that you can do the skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it also uh, we have to have a certain level of as per our provincial guidelines for Mm -hmm. volunteers, because we are volunteers, Mm -hmm. that we have to be at a certain level if we're going to be interior, exterior. So we have to be at that certain level to be able to continue to be that interior level. This is just one more way for us to to prove annually that we do meet those standards. But that this is actually being set by us. This is above and beyond what we have to do for the playbook. Mm-hmm. The playbook just controls the portion of what we need to know. This is an internal test created mm-hmm. by our training team to ensure that our guys know it. Mm-hmm. it it's not it's not mandatory at all. You just no. need to do the written test paperwork, which I'm sure a lot of departments do and have to do because mm-hmm. it, that is the playbook now. But this is that extra step. Extra yeah. documentation of uh, what we're doing. Yeah. yeah, for everyone's sake, yeah. you know. Yeah. I know that I'm probably going to do very poorly at the truck stuff when it comes to... <laughs> driving it and getting water and things like that there's going to be a there's going to be some brain sequences that need to occur yeah <laughs> and i may need to run through it before we do it we ran through knots the other night with matt it was awesome great refresher i can mm-hmm. do it with my eyes closed i can do it behind my back right now like right. but if you'd have asked me next week and i hadn't had that 30 minutes with matt good yeah. luck man yeah. good luck mm-hmm. uh maybe what we could do potentially is that uh, we can make an evening where we come down and we actually run through the stations before the, it comes through. Mm-hmm. We can record the content and actually show the skill sets because it would be great for our content, for our internal use, mm-hmm. for our guys, and for obviously for the external I think there's, there's nothing stopping our guys from saying to anybody in the training officer or anybody on the training team mm-hmm. to say, hey, can we go down this night? I really suck at this, or I miss yeah. this night. Can we go over this? Half an hour or whatever, yeah. just as a, a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or something that at least teaches them that for when it comes around again. They they know that rather than having to reteach or mm-hmm. they decide not to come that night and again they've missed. They, they've missed it, yeah. yeah. As a group, a training group, we're very keen to put in the extra time for our guys, for neighboring departments, it doesn't matter what it is. If somebody reaches out and asks for a, a little extra, yeah. we make the effort as a group. And we put it out to some extra people. Um, and that's one thing. I, and maybe we should bring that back up again on Thursday. Hey, like just so everybody knows, like this is coming down. Because we, we let all the our uh, membership know that this is happening. But a quick, hey, if anybody needs to brush up on something, don't hesitate to speak up and ask. We want you to pass, but we want you to pass because you have the information. So let us help with that. I mean, there's stuff that, like, like you say, like Carl's going to struggle on trucks. I hate knots and ropes. Uh, I can get it done, but it is not my forte. <laughs> it's uh, so I'm going to be brushing up on that to make sure that I nail it because you got to nail it. So I think a good thing too is that us as a training uh, group 
mm-hmm. will go through everything mm-hmm. together beforehand as well. Because obviously us as a training group spend time teaching stuff yeah. where we don't always involve yeah, ourselves in mm-hmm. into it. So we're like, okay, you need to do this, this, and this, and they do it. But mm-hmm. we're not actually physically doing it ourselves. So we need to be able to show ourselves what we're teaching that we can actually do as well. Mm-hmm. We all sort of venture towards our strengths and there's certain things that you know each one of us do that we excel in so um if we're training on ladders one one night and we're training on um vis more times than not you'll see me on the vis side because that's kind of my jam right where i can i can get the ladders done but like i know vis and that's something that i can I've taught that many times. We've been through this a bunch. I feel confident with it yeah. where I can then maybe give some tips and tricks to some of the newer guys coming up and maybe some things that the older guys haven't seen because, hey, everybody does things differently. So Carrie, she inserts herself into the training that she might not be as strong on. Um, you know, she taught a ropes course and I remember coming down here with her and we had ropes tied to the back of the truck and we were going back and forth and doing it off of uh, notepad. I mean, like, like we know in the moment when there's a group of people, okay, I'm gonna do this, you do that, you kind of rely on everybody's strengths, but we were working through it together from a, hey, let's wipe our brain, let's start fresh. And she knew that inside and out. And now I think she's one of our better ropes people here because she took on something that she wasn't super strong with uh really dove all in and now she's able to teach it just like that and you know that's this year we are doing this train night for the trainers so we're going to go through everything and i think that's going to be great because it's going to show ourselves personally maybe hey it's been a while since i've done that maybe i need to look look into that a little bit more as well and that's great and i think it'll show when when we come back and say this to the membership that hey we're doing this it looks good that we're not just the ones sitting back picking and choosing what we teach Mm -hmm. we're out there doing the work as well and as we move into some cooler weather again we've we've spoke about it this summer but there's no time in the summer sadly to put in extra training we want to put all this extra training in where we can get the officer corps and the training group together and do maybe an extra night once every month or so where we're getting that hands on versus the 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 verbal that we're giving yeah so yeah yeah good stuff mm-hmm. and maybe is a is a thought on that mm-hmm. maybe have some of the newer guys not newer guys per se some of the guys that are looking to join the training department mm-hmm. maybe have them run those run training sessions for the mm-hmm. officer corps and for the training team because it would be a good opportunity for them to teach and showcase skills that you guys have showed them yeah and maybe you guys can learn a little something off of the the boys and girls that have got something for you right you never know that's crazy (laughs) that's crazy Tom yeah I know everything I'm an officer yeah right (laughs) that would be great have a couple of you guys come out and tack and run it so we can go and do all the fun things right because it's a bummer we have all these awesome training nights and more so now we're able to do that like where we're doubling up so like one of us will train and teach it one night and the other one will be part of the circle the next night 
So, which is awesome. We're getting this year versus the previous. I think we're getting a lot more hands-on training again because of the way that we're going with it. So, more and more of that's great. Shout out, Ash. We got for me. We'll do it. We'll do a quick run through. Super quick. Yeah. um, So we got Chief Miller right off the top. Um, Check him out online. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, chiefmillerapparel.com. He likes and shares everything that we tag him in uh, to retweet Graham book. Um, He's everywhere. He hooked us up with some challenge coins. Uh, We just distributed them. Um, We still have a bunch here, but we we ended up giving ours out to the membership here because we're super lucky to have the ability to do what we do within Mm -hmm. the hall. So anything bonus that we get, we throw right back at the hall. Um, and uh, yeah, Chief, Chief Miller was a, a big help with that at the start, and we really appreciate that. Um, RZ Masks, uh, we purchased a, a bunch of M1s. Uh, I think we brought in 40. Um, we tested them out, we threw up some photos, we did a quick review. Um, we chose the M1, easy on, easy off, easy to store. Uh, it seems to be working well for us. They do have a bunch of other models. Check them out. Um, if you like what you see, and you should like what you see, um, they have a discount code for us. It's uh, public safety. So check that out. 30% off of any purchase. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend jumping on that. Uh, it's great for mop-up. It's great for, for brush fire. It's, it's great for... We've even started thinking about using them for medical scenes, too. Yeah, you just never know, man. Airborne. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stuff's crazy out there, so toss them on. It's a safety, right? Um, Modus Rescue Equipment. They have uh, the snagger tool. They have their forcible entry wedge. They have oh, Carlos cracking his neck. That was a it big cow. That's going to come through on all That better be picked up. Wow. That was um, a pup. Jeez, I needed that. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Just breaks his own neck when he saw her. Well, good night. I don't know if it's if I even saw it on their uh, on their uh, website or not, but they also have a, a soft wedge for like medical calls, just to wedge the door. And we even <clears throat> I have it in my journal pants, and I was uh, I was the officer going direct. Um, and I didn't have my pants. <laughs> Might not have my pants on. <laughs> um, I didn't have my turnout pants on, uh, and I was like, "Ah, oh, darn! Like that would be something that I, I should have um, more readily available uh, in the officer truck because it would have been perfect just to wedge that door open." Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they're selling that, but they they showed it and said I can do whatever I want with it. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool. Have they um, released their other? Thing? They haven't yet. Okay. Man, I just keep keep waiting. It's pretty cool. So they've they've got some uh, stuff they're testing, and they're uh, getting ready to send out. And um, I'm just gonna say it here: they're going to send us some. So we are we are gonna train with it. Uh, they they actually haven't said that yet, but hey, thanks thanks guys. Yeah, um, you can't take it back. It's on the internet. Now. Um, they they've also been generous to offer. I wonder a if discount. that works with Lamborghinis, right? Yeah, they they have said that the DBFF boys yeah. get to test. For Everyone these. gets one each, right? <laughs> Thanks, Elon Musk. You're gonna send us a Tesla. Yeah, right. right. So I'd much like rather a Tesla. Yeah, as yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Training purposes and yep. no gasoline. Yeah, I might message him. Hey, hey, what's, what's going, going on, man? You want to send money? us a Tesla? Mm-hmm. Just send Maybe us two. like one each, and then one yeah. to cut up. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, Need to know how that frame breaks. <laughs> Sorry. This is how we go. This is what happens. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they have some new product coming out. Uh, anything that you're looking for off of their website, uh, if you enter the promo code DTFF5, it's going to give you a 5% off. Um, helps out with the cost of their laser engraving. You can personalize all their tools. Uh, you can pick a bunch of different powder coating or electroplating. I don't know how they do it, but uh, they do put a, a coating on. You can pick a bunch of colors. Uh, so check those guys out. They're a great small company doing really big things. Um, they were awesome to, to help us out at the start. Uh, so check them out. Make sure you, if you're thinking about it, run the discount code. Saves you a couple bucks. Uh, it kind of pays for your engraving. If you look at it that way, you get free engraving with it. So uh, check those guys out. It's uh, five five percent off there. Um, who else do we have? Obviously, I am responding. I I am responding. We use them. We do respond. We use their app. <laughs> we do respond. Um, we do respond. Well, like, and what's crazy is sometimes how much faster it is. So as an example, I was at work. And my phone goes off, and I'm like, oh, I know where that is. So mm-hmm. I hop out of my office, I get in the truck, I start driving down the road, I know the address, I get on scene, and there's no ambulance there. I'm like, eh, this isn't the scene that they... Yeah. I'm like, Danger's oh, late. there it is right now. Yeah. And I listen to him, I'm like, yep, it, it definitely says here. It was a good yeah. minute or so, for right? sure. Before that so, page went off, before the like, this came is in. me on scene. <laughs> like uh, on scene, uh, yeah. Copy that dispatch. Also, where's BC ambulance? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're on route. I'll copy that, and that came down to our liability chat. Is they were, uh, we had two cars local. They were both busy. We ended up getting that mutual aid coverage from another uh, ambulance station just down south. So we, we waited for them. So I am responding was great. That's how fast it was. We ended up, I was on scene before the, the call even came out. So if that was something serious, which thankfully it wasn't this time, look at that. I mean, you're you're definitely saving time. So it works for us. Um, maybe it could work for you. And lastly, not leastly, um, on the, uh, the, the product side of life, um, Stop the Bleed. So it's not really a product, it's more of knowledge, it's a course. Uh, get out there, get it. What is it? I, I don't even know the address. We, we have it put up, I hope. Yeah, it was, it's not stopthebleed.org. Scott had mentioned no. it previously, but um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Off we'll make sure that we, we get it out there. Rob? I'll bring it up, or you're never going to hear the end of it. Hmm. Our boys down south of our, <laughs> our boys who you have not mentioned yet well no i was getting <laughs> were you okay i, I was getting You're all getting the uh, okay products the product, product. oh right that's where i was going with that stop the can't forget them bar uh, no i was concerned that maybe set. you had actually forgotten no no how <laughs> how could i because nick would never let you hear the end of it no that's no just, uh, god no um that's true so the bar boys um Brotherhood Academy Radio, um, out of uh, Maine. Um, they're polar opposite. <laughs> they are all in FPA. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's good because they get the same result in a different way, and it's really good to hear the way that they do things. They're very similar to us. They they don't have in in Nick's department. They don't really have a problem with. Um, 
with retention, with, you know, getting the volunteers out. And we're much the same way. We're, we're really lucky that, that way. But we see around us the same thing they see around them. Um, everywhere else seems to be going through. They're really lucky. And they're, I, I think they just spoke about this in one of their recent podcasts, where they live is lending to good membership. They're, they're, they're Oceanside, beautiful country out, out there substantially different to what we have here but to paint a picture for our american followers that might not understand kind of our our valley and our sort of weather area here we're canadians nap the napa valley we're we're, we're california very, canada we're the california canada yeah we have a i can't say that it's right off the road but um <laughs> we we have a place really close by that we link to california yeah right um it's very very similar we do get a, a bit more of the winter in the winter but uh we're that weird desert that snows like crazy in the winter so <laughs> we get all true four four seasons but uh we are really lucky what we have here in the summertime and in the winter time so we we get a lot of people that want to move here so maybe there's some worse off places out there that might have a little bit harder time keeping people uh, so, I mean, we, we speak to that, they speak to that, they train aggressive, we definitely train aggressive. Um, the NFPA, they speak very highly of it. We understand why it needs to be there, we follow it, but we also adapt. And uh, I mean, that's just the way we are, I think it works well for us. Um, but yeah, check, check those guys out, they definitely give us a lot of love, um, we toss it back to them. Um, we have plans to do a episode together. I don't know where that's going to fall in now. Everybody's so busy, so I almost think we should put it off. For I'm a wondering whether September is a better yeah. time. You know, like right now, Nick's having a hard time getting his crew together. Um, obviously, there's three of us, and there's yeah. a couple missing chairs. So um, this yeah. is just the reality of summer coming to an end. So yeah. kind of look look for that in the fall. I think that it's it's going to be a lot of fun talking to those guys. Um, we won't even talk firefighting. We're just going to talk shit back and forth for 45 minutes. And yeah. It's just going to be American-Canadian jokes. Right. <laughs> and probably some Australian ones, I would assume. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, and that's going to come from both, both yeah, sides. Right? Exactly. So uh, stay tuned for that one. So look yeah. look forward to that. Um, and that's really all we got for shout-outs. Um, I got one more. Oh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely you do. And I don't know what it is, but go right ahead. Do you? Hey. You're going to shout-out Matt. I was going to show him. Yeah, yeah. I got another one that's off on oh, top of that. But go. The, the Matt went so secondalarm.org. Mm-hmm. .org, yeah. Secondalarm.org. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Matt in uh, New York is trying to make sure that obviously all of us get more people knocking on our fire hole doors. So uh, he is bringing up, he's created a calls with a very unique and special team um, that is uh, helping him promote and market this. Um, so this is going to have some some big big Im- big mm-hmm. impact on the uh, on firefighters all across uh, nationwide when it comes to the U.S. and hopefully it will filter to us too mm-hmm. um, eventually. Uh, big big calls just trying to really show what volunteers do the lack of current volunteers and and the 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 trying to build that interest and make sure we get more and more people coming through and mm-hmm. and, uh, and joining us and joining those departments that maybe don't have as many people so uh go and support matt and his calls um 
secondalarm.org. Great, great calls. And I got one more, which we don't normally do, but I, I feel like we, we need to talk about it a little bit. Just is uh, Monkoff Manufacturing. Now, when I say Monkoff Manufacturing, it's a gentleman on our, on our crew, great, great guy. Anytime we need something built, pretty much when it comes to mechanical or whatever, he is the guy we turn to. Mm-hmm. He is the one who builds all of the pumps for our forestry trucks. Um, he is the guy who built our uh, rebreakable door. He's created some tools um, like pike pole kind of style things for our trucks that have basically get pulled now more than the pike poles mm-hmm. do. Um, if you want something specifically made, there is nothing that he cannot help build. So check him out. Monkoffmanufacturing.com. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're also on the book face too. So check them out on there. Reach out. His name is Dennis. Great, great guy. Super yeah. supportive and will help you build what you want to build. You're going to see a whole bunch of agricultural equipment. Yes. Don't let that fool you. Negative. <laughs> uh, dive a little deeper. There's going to be some firefighting stuff in there. And like Carl says, if you have a question, if you say, hey, I've got a vision and I want this made. And I'm sure you guys all have these these people in your back back pocket, in your communities. Um, you know, throw him an email, throw him a call. Um, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to at least have a conversation with you. Maybe something he, he can help with. Maybe something he can just advise upon. So, Kim Shout. Never know. Yeah. yeah. Hell of a company, hell of a guy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know he, he's... Uh... Hopefully on our he, he helped build our decolonator too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and then maybe we can get into the the better version of the decolonator soon as well. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your time, Rob. Good night, Carl. Ash. Later. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Oh, and uh, Scott says hi. I was going to say that Scott says hi. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it was about twenty minutes ago. But yeah. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. Good night.